Welcome to Growth Amplifiers. I am Kenny Harper. Growth Amplifiers showcases ideas from the top business owners and entrepreneurs to inspire and empower you thrive in your life, business, and achieve a higher purpose. I'll be sharing actionable insights you can apply towards your business in each session. Growth Amplifiers is dedicated to you, your success, and fulfillment. Get ready to amplify. Hey there, Amplifiers. Thanks for tuning in. And you know what? When we get out into the day-to-day, when we're battling the whirlwind, we can really lose focus and clarity on some of the most important things. It's because we have so many different things pulling for our attention. And what I've found helpful is to have a roadmap, to have a process that you could follow to make sure that you're doing the right things in the right order. And our guest today is a rock star professional that really has uh, taken time to craft a roadmap that helps people get from where they're at to where they want to go, especially when it comes down to their finances. At the end of the day, if we have a business, but we're not making the money that we want or creating the impact that we want in the world, we're missing the full point. So our guest today is a rock star professional of nerd enterprises. He has an amazing channel. He he really brings um, his knowledge of QuickBooks, of process, of workflow design to help cultivate transformation. He has online programs and is just an overall great thought leader. You could check out his channels and more. His hash, his at symbol is at Nerd Enterprises. And welcome to Growth Amplifiers, Seth David. Seth. Well, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for that wonderful intro. I I hope I can live up to it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you can. You've been doing some amazing things, and I thought it would be really kind of cool is just to have you start by sharing what inspired you to create Nerd Enterprises. I mean, that's a a pretty cool brand name. You had to get the inspiration from somewhere. What inspired you to create that? And have it being the forefront of what you're bringing to the table? So it was was a number of things that came together that, first of all, I mean, ultimately, once I checked and found that the domain name nerdenterprises.com was available, I was like, okay, done deal. I can't believe it's available. This is back in 2003. Um, But where it came from was really sort of twofold. One, uh, I would come home from work some days and I'd be working on projects that really were aimed at trying to launch my own business. So I was employed at a CPA firm at the time. And I'd be, for example, working on some spreadsheet that I was creating for a client that I had on the side. And I would figure out how to tweak the formula just so, so that it would finally work after many iterations of trying and failing. And I'd get all excited. And I'd say to my wife, like, hey, you got to come and see this. And she knows nothing of this stuff. And, you know, and she was very kind as my wife to, you know, give me the interest. But she would call me a nerd. You know, she would say, you're such a nerd, you know, because of the things I'd get excited about. So that was a big part of it. The other part of it was that, um, as an example, I had a CPA I was working with at the time who wanted to join forces and he wanted to create like an accounting firm. And when he came up with some of the suggested names that he came up with, I was frankly a little like, like, I didn't want to get pigeonholed into just accounting stuff. I knew that what I wanted to be able to do was going to be broader than just that. I knew that it was going to go into the productivity side of things at the very least, you know, and creating workflows and finding, hey, this process that I'm using in my own business works. I want to be able to turn around now and teach that. And if I just called it like, you know, Seth's accounting service, then people would just assume that that's all I offered were accounting services. So I wanted to keep it. And, and the other part of it, there's a third dimension to this, which was that, I um I wanted to sort of weed out the, the the sticks in the mud 
right? I knew mm -hmm. that with a name like Nerd Enterprises, it would by default almost weed out the people who sort of took themselves too seriously. And at one time I used the tag name, you know, funny name, serious business, meaning like I know when to get serious about things. It's, it's a big part of what I do, getting into the financial side of people's businesses. But at the same time, if you're not having fun doing it, then what's the point, right? Amen. Amen. That's a, a great <laughs> message. Um, you know, my background, it had the background with music. And so the, the first business that I created almost 10 years ago was Rock My Image. And at the time, it made a lot of sense because we were focusing on helping people refine and elevate their image. But we didn't see around the corner of who we'd become, hence the name now Growth Amplifiers, helping people amplify in other areas. Um, so it's really cool that you had that that vision far enough out to say, you know, I, I want to put something that's creative, that's playful out there and something that can be broadened and is not just locked into that one thing. Um, so it could totally relate to that. And although we, we've transitioned from rock my image growth amplifiers, you know, we all, everyone brings a different instrument to the table. And when you can find harmony, that's, that's where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've, you've got this great online presence and you've been connecting with some cool players in the industry, sharing helpful information, and then also seamlessly and subtly sharing how that you provide value and help people with that transformation. I work with different business professionals that are trying to find their voice, trying to get their message out there, trying to build their own audience. How did you create your online presence and do it in such a way where you're, you're really getting that uh, community and, and audience to engage with your content? So one thing I can sort of point to on that one specifically is the timing. You know, I got, you know, you could say I got lucky, but what, what do they say is the definition of lucky? It means preparedness uh, met up with opportunity at the same time, right? So again, this was back in 2003 when I started Nerd Enterprises. And uh, fast forward to around 2008, I was working with a lot of clients who had their own bookkeepers and they wanted me to come in and just sort of support those bookkeepers. You know, a lot of them would say, Hey, my bookkeeper is great. I don't want to get rid of her, but I feel like she could use some, or he could use some extra training to get up to speed, to get better, faster, more efficient, whatever. And so that's the capacity in which I was working with a lot of my clients. And what would happen is they would ask me a lot of the same questions over and over again. And sometimes this would happen in person you know, when I was at their office location, but oftentimes it would be after the fact, they would send a follow-up email and it would be like, Hey, I've got this weird situation. How do I record this transaction? And then some of the questions were not so off the beaten path. They were very common things like, how do I record an NSF check? You know, and then I'd have to clarify and say, well, wait, are you talking about a check that you wrote to somebody that bounced or, or a customer wrote you that bounced, right? Which way are we going here? And <laughs> I would clarify. And then finally I said, you know what? instead of rewriting the same email explanation over and over and over again, as I'd been doing, I said, let me just record a quick video and I'll throw it up on my website and then I'll send them the link. And then I hired an internet marketing consultant who said, don't just throw this up on your website, put it on YouTube. And this was 2008. So this was when to me, YouTube was still just videos of people burning Elmo dolls and, you know, having fun with that. So I, you know, I, I, was, I was sort of resistant, like I couldn't see the business use case for YouTube, but this guy assured me and urged me. So I put those videos up there 
And this way it just saved me time. It was almost like a, a video version of a fact page, you know, frequently asked questions so that I could shoot the email, the, the link in email to the person and say, this is going to do a much better job of answering your question than I can do writing it out in, you know, in an email format. Plus it's going to save me a lot of time. And then little did I know that this would gain traction back in 2008. Not everybody was doing this kind of thing yet. And so it just gained traction. And to my surprise, not only were business owners coming in droves to get my help, you know, and I got comments on my blog in those days. I remember the first comment was a guy who actually watched that video on NSF checks. And he said, I've had like five interns here and none of them could figure out how to record this. I watched your video and learned in five minutes, you know. And so little did I know, not only did it attract business owners who needed help like that guy, but a lot of other accountants and bookkeepers, it turns out, started watching my videos because they may have just been starting out and still needed to learn a lot of this stuff, or they may have been experienced, but they were finding that my way of doing things was you know, somehow appealing to them. They liked the way I do it better. Or they just found that I explained things really well. And that was really what was back of all this is I, I learned almost by accident that one of my superpowers apparently is that I explain things well. To me, it's just I explain things the way I understand to explain things. But a lot of people over the years have told me that, you know, over and over and over again to the point where finally I had to start believing them. <laughs> what I really like about your approach, and I've I have to kind of guide other people that I connect with that are trying to get their message out there is, is to keep it simple. And, and you do a great job of keeping it simple and not getting too much into the granular to the, to the weeds where you can really lose your audience. Um, that's where I see a lot of people, especially really smart, intelligent people that have a lot of knowledge. They try to cram all that knowledge and details and share that with someone that's not on the same level in mm -hmm. that um, knowledge base. And then it just doesn't translate. And people are like, I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> you're giving me that way was, too many details. That was very specific feedback I got from that internet marketing consultant I had hired. Because when I started doing the videos, he started looking at them. And he said, look, when I watch your videos, I can tell right away that you really know your stuff. But as somebody who's coming to you because I don't know my stuff about this, I don't, I, I, you know, I get the sense that you really know your stuff, but I don't really know what you're talking about. And so he taught me in that one conversation to become very conscious of when I'm using technical terms and define it down and also not to embellish as experts in our subject matter. We tend to get excited about the material and we want to go off on all kinds of tangents because we think it's all amazing. But like you said, when you start doing that kind of stuff, you start losing the audience. And so he taught me to remember every time I hit the record button on my video camera that the person I'm talking to doesn't understand this stuff at the level that I do, which is why they're coming to watch my video in the first place. And so I appreciate that feedback. It tells me that I, I learned well from my mentor way back when. That's super awesome. So speaking of which, now that you have Nerd Enterprises and you're helping people get bulletproof results, um, in fact, I'll even share that on the screen. Hey, look at that. Where'd you go? There you are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wrong, wrong view. Um, better tools, better training, bulletproof results. Um, you mentioned that one of the things that people do, you know, they're trying to get maybe a financial forecast and mm -hmm. they could use a roadmap, right? Um, mm -hmm. and many people try to do this, but they get it wrong. Could you share, kind of unpack that? Um, what What is the roadmap that every business needs 
and what are they typically doing wrong and how, how is that hindering them? Okay. So one of my favorite things to talk about actually is, is this very subject. Most businesses in my experience, I'll, I'll share a story from years ago um, where, you know, when I started Nerd Enterprises, before I did, I was, like I said, working full-time at a CPA firm. And if the plan was going to be to go out on my own, I was like, I need to make sure I can pay the bills, right? And so I sat down and toiled for hours in spreadsheets saying, all right, if I'm charging, you know, I think in those days I was looking at charging like $25 an hour, you know, and I know I can get this much work in each week, billable time, dollar one gross. I'm not going to be billing 40 hours in the beginning. It's going to be less than that as I build and grow. And I'm playing with my spreadsheets, looking at what my personal expenses are because you know and that's one the first thing i think a lot of business owners miss is they start thinking about their business and they look at their business finances but they forget that they have to make sure that their business produces enough income that they can pull out enough cash to pay for their personal expenses to pay their rent or their mortgage and still leave enough behind to keep funding and growing the business at the same time right mm -hmm. so what happens is you fast forward to a lot of businesses two three five years in and the owner is not taking a paycheck and they're living off of their spouse's income or savings or whatever they have to live off of because their own business doesn't generate enough and so when i see a new business come in my door and and the owner is not taking a salary that's like the first thing i've got to fix for them so that's one big thing that comes out of it and then you, you know you mentioned the roadmap so what i did was i had all kinds of forecasts that i did for myself based on conservatively what i knew i could bring in at a minimum and i had to be extra conservative because like like i couldn't risk leaving my job and then having to turn around to my wife and say, I can't pay the rent, you know? <laughs> so, so I spent hours and I assumed I would only bill maybe 20 to 30 hours a week in the beginning and the rest would be admin and business development time and whatnot. And I had zero money for any kind of advertising. So in those days, what I discovered was that Craigslist was the perfect place where you could post ads for free and it was all local so I could generate a lot of business that way. And it was very effective in those days. I wouldn't recommend doing it now. It's a different um, world, guys. It's a different yeah, world. Yeah, it's a different world. I'm talking back in 2008, you know, even earlier. So uh, more like 2003, 2004. So... So that's what I did. And then one day after I started, you know, I got my own business off the ground. I was getting a lot of clients and my wife noticed that a lot of the clients that would come in my door came in with a mess on their hands. You know, their books were a mess and they were trying to figure out why they didn't have, you know, the classic question is, you know, my my tax return now says I made like 100K this year, but I don't have anywhere near that money in the bank and I don't know how I'm going to pay my taxes this year. How is that possible? And I'll go into the explanation of why that typically is. But first, my wife said to me, how is it that these people, you know, their businesses get to this point that they're at when they're coming in your door? You know, like, don't doesn't everybody do what you did with all the spreadsheets and the forecasting stuff? And I said, no, because not everybody <laughs> who goes into business has an accounting or finance background. You know, that's, you know, that's a pretty specific thing. I said, most people are just really good at making widgets or doing whatever it is that they do. And so they leave the accounting to as something to be done after the fact. Like when we start, usually people wait until that point where they're like, hey, I don't have the money to pay my taxes, but supposedly I made all this money. And now they, you know, that's what usually forces people to realize early on in their businesses that, hey, it's time to get a bookkeeper, right? I'm probably going to need a CPA or, or an EA and enrolled agent is also somebody who's actually federally licensed to do taxes. So, you know, the, the first step is we need a good set of what I call bulletproof books. And the, the distinction that I make there 
is that when I refer to a set of books as being bulletproof, mm -hmm. it means I can show you your balance sheet or your profit and loss that I've prepared. And you could point to any number on either of those reports and say, Seth, prove to me that this number is accurate and I can do it. I can drill into the detail and I can show you exactly how we arrived at that number and I can prove that it's accurate, right? The only exception would be, for example, a classic example is business owner paid for something with cash, so it didn't run through any of their accounts. And so I had no way of knowing about that and they didn't tell me, right? So there's, I, I'm not clairvoyant, right? But uh, you know, as much as I can base it on the records that I am provided, I can make the books bulletproof. So first we have to have that in place. Then what most businesses seem to do, and this is where I call it the flying blind period of mm -hmm. a business, is so maybe we've started to do the books and, and keep things up to date. But those reports that I mentioned, the balance sheet and the profit and loss, and heaven forbid somebody look at a statement of cash flows, these are what we call history reports, right? They're looking at what happened in the past. So we get into forecasting and that's where we lay out the roadmap for the future for, as you mentioned earlier, we want to be able to look at where am I at today and where do I want to be in a year from now, let's say, and, and then how do we lay out the yardsticks for how we're going to get from today to where we want to be in a year from now. Right. And so that's where, you know, I started doing it for myself, of course. Then I started I, I, many, many years ago, I did a webinar on how to do a cash. I called it a cash flow forecast, because if you call it financial modeling, everybody thinks, oh, that's only for Harvard MBAs. Right. Right. So I, I, I sort of simplified the language and I said, let's let's learn how to do a cash flow forecast. And I figured, all right, all these business owners are going to come in. You know, the idea was uh, many of them would come in, learn it and do it for themselves and maybe ping me with questions. But some would certainly want to hire me to help them do it. So I did these free webinars and I was shocked at in addition to the business owners who did come in and, and work with me in exactly that capacity. I was shocked at how many CPAs and just bookkeepers came in to learn that stuff. And some of them I knew and I reached out to them. I was like, don't you already know this? And they were like, no, you know, we know how to we know how to look at financial statements. We know how to do the bookkeeping, but we don't have the Excel skills to write the formulas needed to do those forecasts, to look out into the future. I, I've even you know been working with them and I'm not going to mention any names, but some really talented people who offer great service to their clients get so focused on serving others that they don't do it for themselves. So it's like mm -hmm. the old, you know, person who sells shoes, but they don't have good shoes themselves. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's surprising because it, I've seen really successful CPAs and bookkeepers have a, a nice array of customers, great reviews, and then come to find out that their own books are backlogged in a mess. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and there's, there's really no shame to that. If you're, if you're tuning in and listening and saying, mm, I'm kind of guilty of that. That is, I think at some point in our careers, I think we've all been there at some form or fashion. And one thing I just wanted to bring to attention is just being aware that it's there and then making sure that you're putting that yourself and, and those needs as a priority, because at the end of the day, if you, if you put your business in the back burner, eventually that's going to hinder your clients. It's, a, it's eventually going to hurt them. They're going to pay for it some way, somehow. So if you really want to serve your clients best, make sure you get your own stuff in order. I just want to bring that out because I, I was surprised also that some of these 
um, people in that profession just didn't have their own own stuff in order. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, where I come from, we have an expression where we say um, you can't transmit something that you haven't got yourself. Uh, in other words, if your own house is not in order, how are you going to help somebody else put their house in order? Right. Hey there, this is Kenny from Growth Amplifiers, here to ensure you get your awesome ideas into action to grow and improve your business and achieve your full potential. Take the first step by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. Take the assessment to get your personalized score. Then select from free resources to learn how to improve your score. Don't wait. Be proactive and take action now by visiting growthamplifiers.com and clicking the Start Here button. And always keep on amplifying. Now. Let's get back to the show. Yes. Um, so get get it in order. And and by doing so, like you said, you'll strengthen your skill sets and be able to even better serve even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I highly appreciate that insight. And and for somebody who's who's maybe thinking, hmm, yeah, I've got maybe an accountant or CPA and, and they they you know take care of that sort of stuff um but maybe they don't have some of the insights that they wish they had and they don't know what they don't know yeah or maybe they're doing some things they're doing that reporting that history right Mm -hmm. that you mentioned earlier a lot of people just report what happened but they're not doing the forecasting yeah for people who are interested in learning more about that what is something that they could do um that would at least get them started in that right direction so there's a lot of videos, of course, on YouTube. You know, YouTube is still your best friend. Of course, now there's TikTok and Instagram. But, you know, it's funny, before we went live, we were talking about this a little bit. Um, you know, what you're going to find on TikTok or Instagram is still going to be short form. And the nature of this is that you're not going to learn how to do it in a three-minute video. You know, you're going to need to spend some time with it. Uh, I think that it's, it's a different process when you're learning this kind of stuff that I think one tip I want to give to people, and it's based on specific comments and feedback I get on my own YouTube channel on a regular basis, where, um, you know, the bottom line of it is, I believe it or not, have to remind people that this kind of content, when you're learning it, you need to keep your finger on the pause button. And and I say that because, I mean, it's not the kind of thing where you're just going to watch a video and watch me demonstrate how to do it and then just get it. You're going to need to pause it and go practice what you just saw. And actually do it yourself mm. with sample data or better it still with your own data. Like you said, you kind of you kind of learn on your own stuff. You know, if, if we're talking to other CPAs and accountants who want to do this stuff for themselves, let alone their clients, learn on yourself first, perfect it, hone your skills on your own data, and then you can do it for others. But bottom line, you need to plan on, you know, playing a bit of it, pausing it, and then going on to your other screen and practicing what you just learned, making sure you understand it, making sure you can get the same result, and then go back and play some more of the video, right? So lots of re- free resources like that on YouTube, including my own channel, of course. And your channel, at Nerd Enterprises, and what what does that channel promise for people? That what, what is your flavor that you serve up? So I've broadened it over the years because at first I was focused exclusively on QuickBooks and then I shifted more and more to QuickBooks online over the years because that just made more sense to me. Um, And then what evolved also was the other productivity stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, so 
case in point, uh, many, many years ago, I was using Evernote in my own business a lot to just keep track of that kind of information, to keep track of notes and details, client meetings, what have you. And one day I said, hey, I'm getting a little bored with just doing QuickBooks videos. I'd like to do something else, make it a little more interesting. And my first thought was, well, I'm using Evernote to a pretty good end for my own business. Let me start doing some Evernote videos and teaching people how I'm using Evernote. And, and that just evolved from one application to the next over the years. Most recently, I sort of caught the bug for Notion. And mm -hmm. so I've got a lot of videos I've done recently. And it was interesting with Notion, I think because Notion has by and large appealed to the younger generations where we're talking about a population of people who don't really need a lot of instruction on this thing. They'll just get their hands on it and get it. Mm -hmm. So for somebody like me, where I'm trying to learn how to, you know, just get kickstarted, usually with these applications, I just need a kickstart, if anything, if I can't immediately figure out how to do it myself. And I was poking around on the web and all I could really find were videos where people were demonstrating what they had already built and created in Notion. It was more like show and tell and not how to actually create it. It was enough for me to get inspired and play with it and kind of figure out, okay, now I, fig now I understand how they did that. Um, and so I then went and created the video and I pretty much taglined it as this is the video I wish I had when I started playing with Notion, right? So I've built in a lot of breadth to my YouTube channel. That, so it goes well beyond just the accounting and bookkeeping, but it all ties in under the general umbrella of constantly improving productivity. And the way I really like to sum it up is that everything you're doing, whether it's the actual accounting and finance stuff or the general systems and what I call process and workflow, um, it really, everything needs to be organized, categorized, and easily referenced. And that comes out of the accounting, right? At the end of the day, if I show somebody one of those numbers and they say, prove this number to me, I might have to be able to quickly reference a document or a group of documents that I can use to prove the numbers that I'm showing and the details of my financial statements. So. And, and when you're, when you're coming up with those ideas, like, um, you're, you're coming up. I'm going to create some content. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to record it. I'm going to have it produced. Um, for those who may be looking to share their own expertise and the things that they're learning, um, what what is a recommendation of how you might get someone started in that in that process? So, you know, there's going to be it's funny you bring this up because I am very very focused on this going into the new year 2023, and. You know, for years, I've let people that I've worked with sort of get away with telling me that they don't want to produce content. They just want to focus on whatever it is they actually do for a living and producing content. They feel like they should outsource that to somebody else. And so I'm, I'm going to change my sort of tune on this and really try and tell people like you, you have a responsibility to produce content for your business. Uh, you can hire people to help you. You can hire somebody to clean up your writing. Hell, you can use chat GPT now to write a blog post, but please don't publish that as is. Please add to it, put your own heart and flavor into it. But what I would say is the first thing you'll wanna do is consider there's three forms of content. There's gonna be written audio or video, right? Which one do you wanna do? Best bet, all three. But let's say you wanna start and walk before you run, fine. Do the written content. And here's, here's a simple, very valuable tip that you can take away from this for fun and for free, which is Google Docs, right? It's free. You can get access to that for free. So Google Docs, open up a browser and type docs.new, and you have a brand new clean Google Doc in a second, okay? Next tool, Snagit, put out by TechSmith, the same company that makes Camtasia. Camtasia is what I use to produce my screen recording portions of my videos. Snagit lets you take screenshots. So if you're trying to create content that demonstrates your knowledge, 
you'll use Snagit to take the screenshots. You put those screenshots in the Google Doc, and then you do your written, right, explaining. And you can create your own little textbook, basically, explaining mm -hmm. whatever topic or concept you're trying to teach people. And that's all this is. You're just teaching people something, something that you have knowledge about. Remembering, as we pointed out earlier, that you need to define down technical language or make sure you, if you catch yourself using an acronym, please, please make sure that you expand and say what that I, earlier I did it with FAQ, you know, the FAQ. For years, I struggled wondering what the heck that meant. <laughs> and I was, I was afraid to ask. I was embarrassed because I felt like it was something I'm, I'm going to look like an idiot if I ask. And then eventually I learned it stands for frequently asked questions. But I've also learned that when I say an acronym, no matter how obvious I may think it should be that people should know what it means, I don't care. I take the extra two seconds to say it or spell it out on the document so that I don't ever leave people guessing. You know, and so so Google Docs, you snag it, you can take beautiful screenshots with that software and you can format them. It's got a lot of cool tools where you can you know, add some flavor to it so it's not just boring. And with that alone, you can produce really rich written content. And then heaven forbid you wanna do a video, you can get Camtasia and record your screen and your actions and so on. So I, I think that's great. And I, I like that you say it should be a duty, right? Mm -hmm. And I would like to remind people, you mentioned it in here, that you think, oh, it's going to take time to do this. You got to think the long term, it's going to save you time. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be repeating yourself with frequently asked questions and have to re-enroll people with common things that you want them to know, if you record it once and you can share it to thousands of people, you just exponentially increase your time. Mm -hmm. you can record things once, leverage it many times versus... I'm just not going to do that. It reminds me of the, the little story from um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. The guy's trying to saw the tree down. Another guy walks up and says, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying to saw this tree down. He's like, well, it looks like you're working really hard. You might want to sharpen that saw. Yep. And he's like, I don't have time to, to sharpen the saw. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to saw this tree down. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, and, and one thing I want to add to this as a tip is because you mentioned the time thing. And that's often people, people like, I'm so busy as it is, I can't keep up. How am I going to make time for this? Here's, here's my tip on that. And it comes on the heels of this principle, which is that we make much better use of our resources when they're scarce, mm -hmm. right? And so, and you know how most people like hate Mondays? Mm -hmm. So here's my tip. You're going to make Mondays your best day of the week, the day you're going to look forward to more than any other day, because what you're going to do is you're going to go into your calendar, go out as many weeks as you have to until you don't have anything scheduled on a Monday yet. And you're going to block off that whole day and that's going to be content day. And you're going to, on that day, you're going to go into monk mode, right? Meaning I'm not going to do emails, Slack, Discord. I'm not going to do any messaging with anybody. I'm going into the studio and I'm going to have focused time and I'm going to spend that day just producing content. And you'll look, I guarantee you, you'll start to look forward to that day because you'll really enjoy the peace and quiet and the focused nature of it. And it'll get to the point where, where that's going to be your favorite thing to do. You're going to be looking for where can I stick a second day of the week into, you know, to another content day. And I've gotten mine honed down to where for me, it's Monday and it's Wednesday. And then Fridays, I have like a hybrid day. Now, granted, I have done been so prolific about producing content that I've turned that into my business model, right, where I have an educational platform. But you may be surprised to find out that you end up, you know, evolving with a similar kind of passion for creating their content, because oftentimes that's a lot more fun than doing the actual work. And, and one last point on that. 
is I recently, you know, I write an email every week mm -hmm. and that's a big way that I draw in an audience. And it's not your typical marketer's email where it's just, you know, we got this coupon code and this offer and special, none of that. It's a plain text email where I share my experience and my journey over the past week, what inspired me, what I learned that week, what, what I, where I screwed up, you know, mm -hmm. and what I did about it. You know, I don't mind getting vulnerable. I don't mind getting really ultra personal with people because that's what, that's how I create the connection. And that's why people love to read my emails every week. And I only say that because they tell me so. But, you know, so I, I, I send that email out every week. And not long ago, I wrote an email whose title was, you know, there's that expression that say those who can't do teach. And I wrote those who can't teach do. I flipped the coin on Ooh, it. Oh, mic drop. Yeah, right there. Those who can't teach do because in this day and age with the technology we have available at our fingertips for very little money, like I said, you can have Google Docs for free snag it, you'll pay it's, I don't know, like 35 bucks a year. It's, if you don't have that kind of money, talk to me, we'll figure out your accounting on that. But um, the point is, teaching is so much more rewarding. And it's so much more scalable with the tools we have at our disposal. If I'm doing then I have to keep showing up to earn money. But when I'm teaching, when I'm using online resources to provide educational content, I scale that all day long because I only have to do the work once and it keeps generating, you know, it's passive income and passive income is money that I will make no matter where I am in the world, no matter what I am doing, whether I'm awake or asleep, that money comes in. And to me, that's the best way. That's, that's the true freedom that most of us start our businesses to achieve. It, it, it totally makes sense. What a great... Uh, insight to be sharing early in the year. If you think I can't block off a whole day, start with a small sliver, get a, get a chunk of time, get a, get a couple hours, commit to that, grow, grow into that full day, but do it. Don't just think about, Oh, I'll get to that someday. Make it, make it something that you're going to do now and put it into action. Make it a priority. Like you said, you can be working harder or you can be working smarter. It's the choice is up to you. Uh, so, Seth, the people who may be interested in learning more about what you do, um, what you provide, where can they go, and what are some actions we can take? So, as you pointed out earlier, every every property I have online, you can find me at under Nerd Enterprises. So, you know, Instagram, t don't go to TikTok yet. I have an account. I haven't put a single ounce of content out on there yet. I plan to, but I'm still working out what my sort of strategy is there. Uh, definitely YouTube. You know, uh, and but if you go onto my site and you subscribe to my list, that's where you'll get those weekly emails. I promise you they'll be interesting. And woven into those emails, of course, will be, you know, announcements. Hey, I put out a new blog post this week or, hey, I've got this webinar coming up, th those kinds of things. So I mix in the free stuff. And of course, when I have something paid, I mention that as well. But nerdenterprises.com obviously is my website. That's command central. From there, you can learn about any other resources that I have available. So tune in to Nerd Enterprises, learn something new, increase your productivity, increase your profitability. Ultimately, if not for yourself, do it for your inner circle, do it for your team, do it for those you serve. We have one life to live, might as well go all in, play full out. So uh, Seth, thank you so much for showing up and sharing. I highly appreciate your time, your energy, and who you are in this world. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, having me on the show. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.